Good day. Francis Gargani, Redemptress, happy to be with you once again. Now ordinarily on the fifth day, but this time the third day of this month, sharing with you from our provincial house in Washington, D.C. This is a holiday weekend known as Labor Day and often has been considered the close of the summer season. So thank you for tuning in and inviting the living word of God to nourish us as we stand together on the threshold of a new season and for many a new school year. Time usually only allows for the proclamation of one of the daily readings from our lectionary. And though ordinarily we choose the gospel, St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians of today's first reading is just too good to pass up. And so, here's chapter 4, verses 6 through 15, Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, learn from myself and Apollo not to go beyond what is written so that none of you will be inflated with pride and favor of one person over against another who confers distinction upon you. What do you possess that you have not received? But if you have received it, why are you boasting as if you did not receive it? You're already satisfied. You've already grown rich. You have become kings without us. Indeed, I wish you that you had become kings so that we also might become kings with you. For as I see it, God has exhibited us apostles as the last of all, like people sentenced to death since we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels and men alike. We are fools on Christ's account, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, but we in disrepute. To this very hour, we go hungry and thirsty. We are poorly clad and roughly treated. We wander about homeless and we toil working with our own hands. When ridiculed, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we respond gently. We have become like the world's rubbish, the scum of all, to this very moment. I am writing you this not to shame you, but to admonish you as my beloved children, even if you should have countless guides to Christ. Yet you do not have many fathers, for I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. So, doesn't it sound like Paul is pretty frustrated with the community of Corinth? He certainly is pouring it on thick here, perhaps even a bit overdramatic. But it's obvious he's not very happy with the way he and Apollo have been treated or how many seem to treat each other. Sounds like the Corinthian Christians have developed a certain entitlement in the way they treat each other, let alone others. If we get the idea that it would have been so much better if we could only have lived in the early church, a more perfect church, not the institution that became rich, powerful, and often corrupt through its long history, then a passage like this kicks us into reality. Human nature being both wonderful and difficult, then and now, classism, egocentricity, and selfishness were as present then as now. 
Besides suffering personal humiliation and certainly the hardships he narrates, like hunger and thirst, being homeless and being poorly clad. What's killing Paul, like any other loving parent, yes, he even does call himself father, is to see such an important part of the family of his sisters and brothers acting as if they haven't been baptized into Christ, as if they haven't been instructed to live in this world, yet not of it. The glamour of wealth and status have infected them, and Paul knows how destructive such values are to any community trying to live by the wisdom of the Beatitudes. And though he might be a bit self-indulgent when he protests, when ridiculed we bless, when persecuted we endure, when slandered we respond gently, we have become the world's rubbish, the scum of all. Paul is inviting the community that he originally formed not to lose sight that they are disciples of the Christ, the one who gave his life for their, and yes, our ransom. Paul knows shaming his beloved children never really transforms hearts, but only pushes people further into bitterness, resentment. Not to shame you, Paul writes, but to admonish you. That is to guide you to become truly liberated and not enslaved by the trappings of a culture of greed and consumption. It's all grift, Paul pretty much exclaims at the beginning of his whole discourse. And that really is the first and last word he preaches to them and to us. None of us is better than anybody else, not really. Yes, some of us have worked hard to succeed, hard to be good parents, good siblings, good children, good at our profession, good caregivers, etc., etc. But the fact of the matter is, ultimately, everything came to us through Mother Earth, through a long line of people and creatures, and yes, through God. We're all daughters and sons. We've all been lavished by God with unconditional, unmerited love. Christ, our life, our love, is pure gift. We can't buy or earn him. So that's the common ground we all stand on, and it shapes the common life we must choose to live, a life of simplicity, humility, kindness, forbearance, tolerance, gentleness, vulnerability, closeness to mother creation, generosity, forgiveness, and identity with the poor and wounded the hurting and the forgotten. Oh God, you search me and you know me. All my thoughts lie open to your gaze. When I walk or lie down, you are before me. Ever the maker and keeper of my days. You know my resting and my rising. You discern my purpose from afar. And with love everlasting you besiege me. In every moment 
moment of life or death you are. Although your spirit is upon me, still I search for shelter from your light. There is nowhere on earth I can escape you. Even the darkness is radiant in your sight. For you created me and shaped me, gave me life within my mother's womb. For the wonder of who I am, I praise you. Safe in your hand, all creation is made.